Welcome to Set Free 24-7. My name is Robert, and I am so glad that you're here with us today. Every Monday night, my wife and I travel into Grand Rapids, and we are on the board of a church called Central Bible Ministries. We love meeting people exactly where they're at on this journey called life. If you're brand new to the faith, or if you've been a Christian for years and years, this is a ministry that meets people exactly where they're at and encourages them on to the next step. We have a cool format. We get together, we eat, we share some testimonies, somebody delivers a message, maybe we sing a few songs, and we all just hang out like family. So we're going to be joining in here right in the middle of one of our board members sharing a little bit about her testimony. So we'll jump right in here. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. And if you're interested in checking us out, just get a hold of me. We would love to have you join in for a service. We meet every Monday night from 6.30 p.m. until around 8.30. We'll see you there. And uh, thank you, you know, God knew we needed a different place. Um, and I lost, lost two jobs between all that. And um, both of that was painful for me, but you know what? God knew I needed the job I have right now. And he knew I needed that security, and a little better income, and a little bit better benefits. And God knew that Rob's mom was going to have knee surgery, and it wasn't going to go well. She needed her son for a week to be there for her. She, you know, he knew that. Um, and we are there for her. And you know what? It's not that far to Holland. You know, I can still drive. It doesn't take me that long. I can still see my kids. My kids know where we are. And I just look back at all the things. And the other thing we struggled with was finding church. Church family. We came from a small church in Holland. Um, we're there all the time. Um, and uh, we're, how do you go about finding a new church? That's hard. You know, we go to a few places, we kind of like it, it wasn't quite right, we kept looking, and we even came to Buck Creek, and I wasn't quite sure. And you know what? Now we have this. We have this fellowship, and now we have a new church family. Um, it isn't quite what I thought it was going to be, but you know what? It's better. Yes. I think it's far better than what I could have imagined. Um, you know, I don't know all of you yet intimately, but I know enough of you close enough that I feel like we're family already. So that's an awesome thing to feel like you can come somewhere and feel at home and be able to say your pretty or say your praise and, and be able to do that. The other thing is, is because we have this on Monday nights, we have Sunday break to do a little exploring. Um, we go with his mom to church a lot at daybreak in Hudsonville, um, so we're able to do that as well. So, you know, bonus, we get two churches. <laughs> I'm just like, to think of that, that we could get two churches. And, you know, I used to have this big garden and love birds and love feeding them and unfortunately feeding squirrels too. It's just part of it, right? And uh, when we got to the condo, we were told no bird feeders. I was like, oh, this is going to kill me. But you know what? We're on the second floor and my patio out looks out trees that are really close to us and a pond and the daffodils are coming up, and the trees are all flowering, and they're getting green. And yesterday, I was sitting in my patio as a woodpecker literally <laughs> flew in to our patio and almost landed on my shoulder, and I thought, you know what? I can still see the birds. <laughs> I can still hear them every morning, and God's still great. Um, and, you know, our plan was different. But God, that's where we need to be. And if we didn't end up where we did, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, this wouldn't have happened. And uh, just wanted to share that I think, you know, we don't always see it, but I, I think I see it. <laughs> and it's far better than I, I would have imagined. So, awesome. Thank you. <laughs>
Destined to be married, not jumping a broom, but leaping a razor wire fence. You seriously gonna wait on him? After all he's put you through? Girl, I couldn't do that. Life is short and I need my man close to me like the brim on a baseball hat. You expect him to change this time around? It sounds like you are the real definition of insane. His words seem all warm and cuddly now, but he's only talking a good game. Please, Angela, you are too beautiful to throw your life away on an ugly man in prison. Don't keep being stupid by putting your life on hold when in reality, when he gets out, him and cheating will have a head-on collision. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Once a felon, always a felon. Snap out of it and smell real life. Wait a minute, I'm done listening to all this negativity. My responsibility, my responsibility is to be his wife. <coughs> no matter how you view me, that will never change. You can say I have no sense. Dumb, crazy, brainwashed, even whisper I'm stupid or insane. These names can't rain on my parade. I will not only allow your words to pour salt in my veins. Get a front row seat and look upon my stage. Read how stupid God is blessing me. Wait a minute, let me turn the page. Dumb blessings over here. Insane blessings over there. Crazy blessings falling out of the sky. Brainwashed blessings so numerous I can't bear. So if I'm dumb for being obedient to the Lord, insane for loving, and crazy for my legs staying cold, Brainwash to keep visiting my husband who was the man God chose. Call me any name in the book you want, but don't call me when my husband comes home. We look forward to hearing more out of that book <laughs> when the time is right. Yes. That was, that was great. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I just got a quick funny one. Oh, wait a My name is Robert, and God has just the best sense of humor. This week was another just firm example of that in my life. I'm at a fundraising breakfast for the ministry that I work for with Crossroads, and I'm seated at the table with the wife of the guy who kicked me out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) The irony. I went to South Christian High School, and in 1994, my behavior was just off the rocker, and I felt like this guy had it out for me. The whole time I was in high school, I thought, this guy has nothing better to do than to try to find something wrong with my life and then give me demerits, give me whatever, give me these points. And all, all the time, I just thought this guy had it out for me. So I get kicked out of high school. I graduated because I had enough credits. Didn't see this guy for years, right? I'm, I'm in drug addiction, prison, get out. But I got out of prison this time, and I had this thing going in my head like, you've got to clean up your side of the street on some things. And that was a continual process. I still do it today. There's still things that God will bring to the surface. But he put this guy, Pete Dykema, he put him in my path like about a year after I got out of prison. And I had such a good heartfelt conversation with him. I apologized for being just an unruly kid. I apologized for just a lot of things. And he said to me, he said, the thing that always got me with you is that I knew that God had a bigger plan for you and you were selling yourself short. And he said, and I always just, I always felt like I had to stop you from selling yourself short. And uh, so we just, you know, I've never met his wife before, but here we are sitting at that breakfast <laughs> on Friday morning, and I just thought, God, you are hilarious. But I was just another good reminder for me, like, clean up your side of the street when you 
have the opportunity to because you never know where that path is going to lead. Yeah. 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 Anyone else? I'll be real sure. I'll believe that when I see it. I'll believe that when I see it. Last week was a tough one for me. And he's like, no, you're not. 
I just didn't recognize it until I thought about church on Sunday and why I was such an idiot. I was stupid. <laughs> because I had to sit someplace that I couldn't read some words and I couldn't see faces in somebody else and I don't know who they are probably, but then took my place. I think in life a lot of us get derailed because we have an idea of how things are supposed to go. We have a plan. We have a vision. We're working hard and this is how it's supposed to go. And when it looks like it's going that way and then all of a sudden you're off on the side of the road you're like, that's what happens. That's what happens. It doesn't work. But the problem is, is it became an us thing. And once again, my selfish human nature reared its head. And I paid the price for that, but I deserve to. Um, so again, I guess in sharing this, it was a reminder to me to be aware of those open doors and make sure you close them to that enemy. You keep them on the other side and you don't let them in because he takes from you what you need. And that was my time with God. That was my time with God. So don't get so busy doing all those good things that it allows that enemy to slide really into that tiny little opening and all of a sudden your life can start going in another direction. My bad week is done. I woke up today a whole yeah. lot better. <laughs> I'm going to work harder on that uh, selfish attitude and that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Yeah. that theme. You shared it. She just shared it. They shared it even in their poem. That theme that God knows what he's doing even when everything around him doesn't look like it. And you're among good company for the people who've been called stupid for following <laughs> There are some people Noah, they call them stupid. And that's all they call them because they were dead. Um, they, they, never, they never got to see the fact that he was right. All they saw was water. And so, you built that boat for 10 years. And I know it made a difference when he came out. Mm -hmm. It made a difference. In fact, you might have been the difference he needed. Yeah. Amen. God knew that. And, and, and I know that he, it's not all my street. I can tell that you guys. So, I appreciate it. I, I love that you're here. And everyone says some awesome stuff. We're going to pray real quick, Lord. I just thank you for your awesome love and your grace and the fact that you do know what's going on. And nothing is a surprise to you. That you are intimately involved in everything that goes on in our lives. Especially our pain and our suffering. And you are there with us. And if we would just look and turn to you, you would help us bear those things. May we get quicker to the fact that we don't know what we're doing. May we get quicker to the fact that you do. And rely on you in those times. And we go forward and talk about foundations of what we should believe and understanding what God always meant for us. That we would turn to you and be obedient and would expand our faith. In your name, amen. 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 So, we're moving to a, a found, I'm going to call this series Foundations. And the first one is Foundation Creation. Now, I didn't mean for that to happen, I just realized that. They kind of rhyme a little bit. But it's important that you believe what I'm going to talk about believing in order for you to have a firm foundation. How many know that if you build a building without a foundation or on shaky ground, that building's not safe? And when, not if, but when bad things happen, when that ground begins to shake, when those walls are tested, they will fail. Okay? There's that kid's song, I built my house upon the rock, and the one that built the house upon the sand, and one got washed away. It's a very simple message, but it's true. Right? So, we're going to go back to the beginning, the best place for a foundation, right down to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep, 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Everybody say that. Let there be light. I want you to remember that phrase. And there was light. And God saw that there was that the light was good. And He separated the light from the darkness, called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and a morning on the first day. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. We've heard this before, right? Andrew, why are you reminding me of this? Because everything in our culture says that this didn't happen. The science that we have, the competing theory is evolution. And I use the word competing very loosely, okay? I need you to understand something. If I were to draw and, and write out the odds of something coming from nothing, I would need a sheet of paper that would span three football fields. Okay? It doesn't fit. In fact, when they were trying to describe the odds of something coming out of nothing, which is evolution, they said, it's better if we paint you a picture. Okay? That picture is this. Imagine that there is a graveyard for airplanes. And a large tornado comes through that graveyard of airplanes, and in its wake... It leaves a ready-to-fly 747 together, ready to go, not mishmash, ready to fly, safe, the whole, the whole nine yards. That's how astronomical, how ludicrous that idea is. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yet, that's the links we'll go to to say this didn't happen. So, I am a guy who loves science. So forgive me, we're going to have a little bit of a science class because I think this information is too good for you to pass up. So one of my favorite shows that I watch on a regular basis is called How the Universe... Sorry about my spell. Works. Okay? And this particular episode was episode 8, season 4. Now, I'm putting that down there so you can write it down, you can take it down. And even if you have to buy this, I suggest watching it, okay? Even if it's not your cup of tea, what I'm about to explain to you will only be cemented by what's going on here, okay? Amen. So, in this episode, they are talking about house... I'm sorry, I'm being loud. <laughs> Thank you for that cue. In that episode, they are talking about how stars are created. And you're saying, Andrew, why do I care how stars are created? Well, when I tell you what they got to by the end of this episode, you'll understand why I was so excited what they were saying. So, they were saying that there are materials, there's some materials that are together in a core, and then there are some materials needed to be pushed all together. And when they got smushed together, it created an explosion. And boom, a sun is born. Okay? Here's the problem. They were guessing that centrifugal force and gravity would pull these materials into the center. Guess what they found out? Those materials are too light to be affected and too small to be affected by centrifugal force and gravity. How many of you know that if those are the two forces, those are the only two forces out in space? Okay? The reason that centrifugal force is just a spin. And as things spin, it draws things to the center. Okay? Sorry, i got to remember that not everybody has that prior knowledge. Okay, it also suggests, too, that if I spun this pen, the cap would come off and spin the same direction. It's that force, it's that energy that happens. So, the problem was, is they're going, with our theory, there should be a lot more Saturns out there. A lot more of these small little stars with these rings around them. So, what is causing this stuff to finally compact? Well, they had to watch a star explode. And when they watched the star explode, they realized in its wake, it created 
more stars. So what happened is an electromagnetic wave. So if you've ever seen a nuclear explosion, right? You get that, that aftershock. Well, one of it is air. It's just the immediate rush of air being forced out. But in there is an electromagnetic wave. Have you ever heard of an EMP pulse? That's exactly what it is. It fries electronics, overrides them. But in this case, it pushed these things into the center, causing them to compact, causing fission, boom! And I'm like, well that's really cool. Electromagnetic waves are massive waves of light. Okay? They're not just a physical manifestation, they actually would blind you. That's the blinding thing that you see when an explosion goes off. So, they say this, and then they say, we now believe that at the Big Bang, there was a massive release of light. Let there be light. Be light. So, here are scientists doing the scientific theory, which, by the way, God created, not realizing that they are agreeing with the Bible. And here are people 10,000 years ago, not knowing scientific theory, and explaining how the universe was created. Folks, this is not just a nice story. This is truth. And just because science hasn't caught up doesn't mean the Bible's wrong. Okay? I need you to know that because it's not that science and the Bible are fighting. It's that people don't want God to exist. And so they ignore the science. There's a study out there that says the sun is deteriorating at a certain amount each year. And they thought, well, what would be cool is we'll just go back and add the mass until the sun gets too big and Earth could not, and um, there would be no life on Earth. And then we'll know how old the Earth is. And they were hoping for some number in the millions of years. Guess what they got? 10 to 12,000 years. That's it. Before the sun, if it has been deteriorating the same rate for those years, was too big. And that perfect Goldilocks planet couldn't sustain life. Huh. That's pretty close to a biblical account. 10 to 12,000 years, not far off. And all the evidence that they have for evolution are these layers of dirt. Well, if you've ever seen a flood, a flood creates those same layers. And guess why they're finding all the dinosaurs in the bottom layers? Because they're bigger animals, they can't climb, they're not as intelligent. The more intelligent life is going to climb higher as the waters rise. That's why they're finding more fossils of human remains in mountains as they defrost. <laughs> so again, we don't believe in something that didn't happen. We believe in something that is a not only what happened, but it's plausible at best. Okay? Now, what got me really excited wasn't that. That was exciting enough, right? But then they said, so this is what we call a macro level. Big scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. It also works on a microscopic scale. So, it's very similar. You're going to notice that what I draw is going to be similar, but it's actually different. So you have an atom. Okay? And inside the atom there is neutrons and protons. And outside, revolving around are electrons. So, how many know that if you miss, if, if a particle is missing an electron, it's unstable? That there is a mathematical equation that if there's so many protons and neutrons, then there should be so many electrons. That's called an isotope, if you've ever heard that word. It's missing its electron. It's unstable, it degrades, it breaks down. So they said, well, what is holding these electrons in orbit? And we know that they're somehow attracted to the center. We know some sort of exchange is happening. Guess what they found out? 
that the protons in here and the electrons on the outside were exchanging negatively and positively charged photons. Photon is a fancy word for light. So not only does light create light, but it holds it together. Amen. When that relationship is broken, that molecule becomes unstable and whatever it's connected to degrades. Because it's not the proper exchange. Does that sound like salvation? <laughs> so get this, and I want to submit another verse to you with that in mind. For by Him, that's Jesus, all things were created, in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him, and all things are before Him, and in Him all things are held together. We do not believe for the sake of belief. This is real, folks. Light is actually holding every atom in our body together. And it's appropriately measured out so it doesn't fall apart. Now, because of sin, this does eventually break down. And someday we will have bodies that won't have that problem. So the first part of this foundational thing is that God has created everything. He's responsible for all of it. He creates it, whether through speech or holds it together by His sheer character. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Amen. He says, in me, I am light, and in me there is no darkness. So this is a fundamental belief we have to have. You have to believe that the universe was created by God and is held together by Him. It will affect the way you believe, what you believe in, and your faith. There are people out there who want to say, yeah, we were created by God, but He has left us to our own devices. Folks, if God had taken His hand completely off of this earth, it would have gone up in flames. It would have fallen apart immediately. It's because image bearers are here that it is still sustained by His mercy and grace. So, God created everything else, plants, animals, including us. That feels good. I, I'm so glad he made me, because otherwise I'd be like, what is the purpose? Why? He created life for a purpose. There's nothing on this planet that does not have some sort of purpose. Yes, mosquitoes have purpose. It may have been twisted by the fall, but they have purpose. <laughs> they, they build right? patience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cats have a purpose. I don't believe that personally, but because Jesus made them, they have a purpose. I'm more dog. That changes the way you view life. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation and plants, and I'll go on and just paraphrase, trees of their own kind and seeds according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. Now this happens several days. He creates all sorts of things and He says, it is good. Say that with me. It, it is, is good. good. So He made plants and animals and He said, it is good. He made, he made fish of the sea and the birds of the air and He said, it is, it is good. good. But watch what He says when He creates humankind. Ooh. Ooh. God said, let there be man in our own image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth, over every creepy, crawly thing, including spiders, <laughs> so that God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them, both male and female. Now let me repeat that. He created them both what? Male and female. Okay, so if anybody tells you that that was not a part of the original plan, it's right here. <laughs> and God blessed them. And he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, 
and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Jump down to verse 31. And God saw everything He had made, and He beheld it, and He said it was very good. Part of our fundamental belief is you and I are here for a purpose. Don't let anybody tell you the earth would be better off without humankind. It's not true. I know where they're coming from. Yes, the earth would be better off without fallen humans. You are correct. But we were meant to be here. We are the caretakers. Think about it, think about it like a giant zoo, and we are supposed to take care of all the animals, even cats. <laughs> if they stalk me in my own home, it's really hard. I know they're super cute, but they're crazy, especially as kids. We have one right now. That's why I'm not that kid. <laughs> but to take care of everything, what happens when there's too many bunnies? As cute as they are, what happens? Hawk grabs them, right? They keep them in check. But let's say the hawk's not there. If there's too many bunnies, then we don't get flowers. And if we don't have flowers, then we don't have bees. If we don't have bees, then we don't have pollen. And if we don't have pollen, then we don't have plants. And then we don't have oxygen. You see, we're here to help maintain the balance. We're supposed to be trusted co-creators, not just caretakers. Like, oh, here's good. He goes, no, be fruitful. Create. Multiply and subdue the earth. If you've ever watched any of those movies and it shows here, this is what the earth would look like if there were no human beings, it would be overgrown. Death and disease among animals would probably go rampant. Lots of things would become extinct. It'd be a desert planet, in my opinion. So not only do we believe that God created the heavens and the earth, but we believe that God created man with a purpose to bear his image, to be his caretaker, to be his key holder. If you ever worked a job, you got the manager, but then there was that key holder position. wasn't quite manager, but it wasn't a step down. You were able to unlock and open the doors, open the shop up, close it, maybe count the money if you're lucky. We were key holders. That's why it's so important what happens in in chapter 3. And we'll get to that. Because that's another fundamental belief. We have to understand why we're here and what what happened. And own that. But we were made in God's image. Imago Dei. That's next Sunday we're going to talk about what that means. Because that that could be a whole week all by itself. (laughs) Amen. But we were supposed to be trusted co-creators. God is green. Okay? I'm not saying that you radically have to change your life. And, and, and hear me when I say this. Humans are still more important than any animal that walks the face of the earth. We are not to abuse them. We are supposed to treat them as God's precious creation. But that does not mean that if a human's life is at stake and it's an animal's life or a human's life, I'm, I'm telling you, God's going to tell you to go after the human every time. We can't, because of the fallen nature, we don't have everything we probably could need, and so there's some abuse that happens when we make things. Are gas vehicles the best thing? No. Are electric vehicles the best thing? Actually, no, they're not. There's all sorts of evidence. There's not enough lithium. It can't be ethically mined. There's all sorts of things out there. So, we have to do what's right. You know what that's changed for me? It's as simple as when I see trash on the ground, guess whose responsibility it is? Yours. Mine. I'm a trusted co-creator. I'm a caretaker. It's my responsibility to pick it up. Whose responsibility is to teach my children to do the same? Yours. Mine. Exactly. And the same thing for you. You're supposed to do that. We were created to participate, the third fundamental belief, we were created to participate in creation. Not just take care of it, but to participate. What was the first thing that God had Adam and Eve do once they were made? Name the animals, right? They were to participate in God's creation. He's like, this is great, I made them, but man, you should name them. Tell me what this 
this is, because I have no idea. I have the thing with white stripes, <laughs> and Adam goes, oh, duh, zebra. <laughs> no, that's not how it happened. That's how I like the thing to happen, right? <laughs> zebra. I can see guy going, zebra. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Camel. You know, dinosaur, triceratops, whatever. We're to participate. How are you to participate? Creating more humans. Be fruitful and multiply. We're supposed to subdue. That doesn't mean abuse. I'm going to tell you this right now. There is a people group that has a better understanding of how they're supposed to interact with the earth than Christians. You know what it is? Native Americans. Look at how they treated the earth. They didn't believe it was something we owned. They believed they were supposed to take care of it. That there was a balance and an understanding that they weren't supposed to take more than they needed. Folks, if that's not what was going on in Genesis, I don't know what was. Now, they may be misinformed about whose power and authority they're acting in, but that's something to be learned. You and I are supposed to create things. If you think that there might not be cars or stuff in heaven, I still think there's going to be inventions. They're just not going to be fallen. They're just not going to be broken. I still think that in heaven, we're going to create and do all sorts of awesome things. I want to be a little taller. Just say, hey. I, I, Everybody, <laughs> we create. <laughs> I already called it. If Chris, Helmsworth, if Chris Helmsworth doesn't get saved, I want his glorified body. <laughs> I want to be a Viking. I've named it aloud now. You all know. I, I was hoping for a hammer, but I don't think I'm worthy. Oh, so, no. Bad joke, I know. That's the fundamental belief. We're supposed to participate. Well, how else are we supposed to participate? It actually, Jesus said it before he ascended. What did he give us a commandment to do? Yes, but it was make disciples. Right? So not only are we to multiply physically, but we are to multiply spiritually. Now this one hits home. Are any of you actively taking on disciples? Have you said, wait a minute, I've been discipled. Somebody took time and energy and put that time and energy into me. If you have children, they're your disciples. I have four in my house right now. I am responsible for teaching them the spiritual tenets along with my wife so that when they leave the nest, they know exactly what they're supposed to do. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. That they have a foundation that they can go back to. So, your challenge for this week. Participate in the creation that you believe God has made. Participate by taking care of the earth. If that means you start recycling, great. If that means you just take care of your piece of property. And make sure it's the healthiest and best that it can be. Awesome. Participate in creation spiritually by talking to your friends and family and co-workers about being a disciple. Because if we believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and we believe that He created us in His image, and that we're trusted co-creators, then the natural thing is we're supposed to participate. We cannot sit back and say, well, I hope Jesus brings them to me. And Jesus is like, I said, go! I didn't say stay here and I'll bring them to you. Go! Warren was here this morning and he said, I was in county lockup. He was in county jail for nine months. He said, I saw two people come to know Jesus. And he goes, at first I hated the fact that I was in county jail. And then I realized I was there for a purpose. So say, God, what, what's the purpose? Why do you have me here? Is it discipleship? Do you want me to participate in your creation? Taking care of it? Make sense? Yeah. Cool. Alright. Worship. <laughs> I figured you'd be good for after we got this rousing speech about how we're supposed to participate. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because Worship. we need to participation for what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> yeah, more than mine. Uh, yeah, I'll get this run. 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 I'll get this
So um, I actually saved my kind of little testimony I want to share too, but so I just saved it for now because I thought it would be a good segue. Uh, for those of you guys who were here uh, last Monday evening, and Andrew can testify to this, there was one song that we sang that I'm telling you what, I was so moved, you know, by what I heard and what I felt here in this room. Mm-hmm. It was that song in Christ Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew and I talked about it afterwards, and I was like, Andrew, I said, you know, there was only like, what, you know, 15 people or something like that here. I said, but man, it sounded like a choir of angels. I mean, just filled this place. I mean, I was like, was I'm not even going to try to sing louder on the microphone. I said, you guys, that's covered. I just pulled it back a little bit, and I was like, I'm just going to join in this beautiful chorus that I heard, and it was just so powerful. Um, so that's definitely, you know, one of the songs that I want to do, and I just wanted to say that, you know, as a um, encouragement, you know, as a compliment to you guys, you know, um, whether it was, it was a fire angels backing you up, I don't know, couldn't see it, <laughs> but man, it was sounding awesome, awesome. Um, so today, actually, we're going to do something a little bit fun. Um, you know, for those of you guys, I, I get it, you know, like, there's a lot of different churches out there, and worship is done different ways in all these churches, right? And, and, and maybe in my younger years, I pondered, like, oh, you know, is that really the right, right way to do it? Or is that right way? You know, they're really, you can do it a lot of different ways, and it, it, it's, it can all be good, and it all can glorify God, mm-hmm. you know, and it just depends on the church, you know, and, and the community, and the people, and some are more traditional, some are more contemporary, and, and you know, but, you know, it, it, with the right heart, you know, right. It can be done lots of ways, and it can be done to glorify God. So, I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, it's okay to have fun in worship, too. Guess Amen. what? Did you know that people out there going to these concerts, you know, uh, it, I don't know what the most latest and greatest stuff is, but you know, any of them, you know, rock and roll concerts and stuff like that, right? Those guys are having the time of their lives. I mean, you know, for that night, man, they are just rocking and rolling and just having the greatest time. Yeah, maybe there's alcohol and drugs involved, but... <laughs> right? They're still having a good time. Not but guess here. what? Not here. Guess what? We can have the Holy Spirit involved, and we can have a time of our lives, too. So we're going to sing a fun song. I'd like you guys to stand up for me, because this is going to involve some participation from you guys. Uh, the song we're going to be doing today is called Stand Up and Give Him the Praise. And just to kind of testify a little bit, too, to what Andrew was talking about, about light and about the sun, listen to the lyrics real quick. It's a short song. It says, Who is like the Lord? There's no one. Who is like the Lord? He is strong and mighty. Who is like the Lord? He is worthy. Stand up and give him the praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our God is worthy of glory from the rising of the sun to its going down. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Okay, so I'm going to teach you guys how this goes. Some of you guys might know it. Some of you guys who have a better rhythm, you can help me out too, okay? <laughs> okay, so it's going to go like this. Who is like the Lord? There is no one who is like the Lord. He is strong and mighty. Who is like the Lord? He is worthy. Stand up and give him the praise. Again, who is like the Lord? There is no one who is like the Lord. He is strong and mighty. Who is like the Lord? He is worthy. He is worthy. Stand up and give him the praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our God is worthy of glory. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Who is like the Lord? Not with me. There is no one who is like the Lord. He is strong and mighty. Who is like the Lord? He is worthy. Stand up and give him the praise. Who is like the Lord? There is no one who is like the Lord. He is strong and mighty. Who is like the Lord? Praise, praise the Lord. 
gather his name to worship him. So we're going to do like three verses. If anyone else has a verse after that, on their heart or on their mind that they'd like to also sing, just throw it out there. We'll do that one too. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Let us lift up holy hands and glorify his name. Let us lift up holy hands and glorify his name and worship him. Let
We'll see you there.